It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good evening and welcome to Outside the Box. I'm your host, Rocky Russo. We are short our friend Cristiano Simonetta tonight. He's uh, a little bit under the weather, but he'll be uh, back up and running in a couple days. So I've brought uh, a couple guests with me tonight that uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy. And as always, we've got our man on the board, Ethan. Ethan, welcome. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I we uh, we absolutely dumped the team we were playing this weekend in the Lincoln Senior Hockey League. Uh, that's former Husker baseball coach Darren Erstad's team. So we beat we he wasn't there, but we beat a former professional athletes team. It's not an outside the box unless we find out how Ethan's weekend went in the uh, Lincoln Senior Men's Hockey League. And uh, did you ref any youth hockey? Did you give anybody some absurd? Four four ten minute misconducts in one play this weekend. I did not end any youth careers out there this weekend, but uh, I had a pretty sick sauce in my game. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're always happy to hear about uh, about our boy Ethan and his weekend. We've got a couple really special guests with us tonight, Ethan. Uh, first of all, we've got the unofficial mayor of Lincoln. He's uh, he's been working with the Lincoln Stars as the equipment manager and athletic trainer for close to twenty five years. Welcome to uh, to the show tonight, Corey Courtney. Thank you, Rocky. You, you're good at this. You could throw a headset on on the bench and call a game. I think. I, I, I I'm not good it. at calling you're, you're the game, at... but I can Cristiano's do this. In trouble. Um, I can do this. I I uh, I got a lot of uh, a lot of action with the uh, the sports drive in Amarillo, and so uh, I got kind of good at it. They always told me if I if I ever quit coaching, there's a uh, a future in radio, which I don't know if that means I've got one of those radio faces. The guy next to you actually does TV, and we've got another special guest with us tonight. He's uh, the director of player development for the Lincoln Stars in his spare time. He does TV for the San Jose Sharks pre- and post-game. He coaches and runs the San Jose Sharks youth program, and he played uh, a little bit in the National Hockey League. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but welcome to the show, Curtis Doc Brown. Well, thank you so much for having me, Rocky. This is quite an honor. Um, where's the rundown? Because you you didn't fit all that stuff inside your memory bank, or did you? I did. I did. Um, well Cristiano, Cristiano gives me a script every week, and I never read it. Don't tell him that. He's probably listening. I didn't say that, Cristiano, but I'm busy. Right, I got a lot of other stuff going on, uh, and I just like to come on here and uh, and talk. and And usually, I let him carry the conversation. Um, I think that maybe I should be the one carrying the conversation. Quite frankly, I think but, so. You're well, it's getting late job. for Corey and I, but now I know why you were so excited to run in here. How old are your kids? Uh, I've got uh, a two-year-old and a four-month-old. They're both up. It's bedtime. My four-month-old had shots today. Her four-month shots. 
the two-year-old was cranky because she didn't sleep well last night. So I gave my wife a kiss and and uh, a little bit of grab the car, grab the truck keys and came to the radio Whoa. show. I'm yeah. out. That's of there. why you're doing an extra hour tonight. He's got the extra large <laughs> caffeine can. There yes, for yes. later when the kids are up. So I'm I'm happy to be at the radio show. My wife's an angel. God bless her. Aren't they but, all? Uh, they are. Like we could stop are. and do a whole show on that. Well, you've got to you've got to have the right uh, woman in your life if you're going to do what we do, whether it's Corey's job, obviously, uh, or your job as a player. And now after the fact, me as a coach, I've lived all over the country uh, and, and you certainly, you know, a couple different stops in the National Hockey League finally settled in San Jose. So, you know, you've got to have a, a very supportive person in your life that uh, is behind the scenes really making supportive everything Supportive or, in some cases, people will question them often at why they're Sanity. with you and I. Yes. I've like had a few of them yeah. up in sports. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is just true. Like, we're we're giving plugs for the, the better halves of all of our lives and allowing us to talk hockey here for, what is this, a three- or four-hour program? It, We're just it, getting warmed up. It probably would be if they let us go, but uh, <laughs> Ethan's good at shutting us off at about an hour. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to bring uh, Corey on because Corey's got such a uh, an in-depth look uh, at Lincoln Stars hockey in a way that nobody else does, right? And, and he's been through – Every coach in the program, he's been through all the players. He's been through David Perron and and Grant Patoni and and Zach Aston Reese and and all these guys that have moved on to play in the National Hockey League or or become Grant's now the head coach at uh, Northern Michigan and and so um, tell us a little bit about you know your experience, Corey, both um, just as in your job, but more importantly. You know what it's like to watch these young men come through here as sixteen-year-old kids leave as as men, and and then to see them go on and have such great careers. I think that's you've hit it right in the head, and that's part of the reason why I think I'm, I've stuck around for the full well twenty-eight years now in the USHL, twenty-three, twenty-four with Stars. But uh, watching these guys develop and, and being a part of that, I think, is what makes it worth it. Um, you know, these these guys—they're not just playing games. You know, I know. The fans come out and see the games. They know we practice, but I don't think they know how much they put into it, how much you guys put into it um, as a staff or, or even myself as far as behind-the-scenes stuff. But these guys are there all day. You know, it's it's a full-time job for them. They're trying to balance school. They're trying to balance hockey, somewhat of a social life. So um, they're mature young men. I mean, they're they're not your basic 17- to 20-year-olds. They, You know, it's shocking talking to them. They all have goals. They're all um, – you know, driven, and which makes it fun. It makes it fun to be around. And, and watching them, you know, in the past it used to be we'd have them for two or three years, and now it's uh, one or two and they're done. But just that, that one year watching their development, watching their maturity, um, watching them get better on the ice and, and you know, uh, better off the ice as kids and young men is, is what makes it all what it, you know, fun. And you obviously, you've got a – You've got a front row seat for for all of this stuff, and you know I I love the comment you made about how there's so much more than than just hockey players. I mean Noah Laba, for instance, runs his own business. Mm-hmm. He's got an online business where he sells clothing, and um, he's he's trying to get his realtor's license right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean this is an 18 year old kid who hasn't even started college yet that has his eyes on on the future above and beyond just National Hockey League career. And you're very fortunate, even even more so than the coaches, because 
you get to to develop relationships on a different level with these guys. They trust their health to you, their strength to you. Um, they come to you and they probably talk to you about things that they don't even talk to us about. And so I think you, uh, you know, people don't realize how vital uh, your role is to the success of our program. Yeah, I think there's a fine line there. I try to, uh, you know, establish myself as that dad figure. You know, these guys are all from, you know, all over the place, uh, different countries sometimes and all over the map. And some of them away from home for years. Uh, you know, people don't realize that either. Some, some of these kids have to leave when they're 10, 11 or 12 to start playing and, They've been away from home for a long time already, and then some of these other guys, it's their first time, and away from their girlfriends, away from their dogs, <laughs> their best friends. So, you know, there's a lot there. Uh, there's a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot of things you can do some consoling about. Um, so, again, that, that makes it worth it getting to know them on that level. I think it, it also helps in the gym. It also helps the training room and, and uh, establishing that trust, that bond, and understanding, you know, their pain tolerance, their drive. You know, uh, if a guy's – you know the guys that are really hurt there's no question you know the guys that might just need a day off here and there and kind of still need to spoon feed them a little bit but then give them a push back quick because you know you know they're they're able to go so um, but getting to know them on a personal level definitely helps that now Curtis you have kind of gone full circle with this because you played junior hockey and and advanced your career you were one of the fortunate guys that that made it to the National Hockey League and had a career at that level and and then you had kids, and now you're watching your kids go through this, right? You're, uh, you've got a boy in in Sioux, Sioux City, obviously playing against us. Garrett, rivals, rivals for sure. Uh, and Garrett Brown, and and uh, and then your other boy plays up in Alaska. So tell us about what it's like to go through the process as a player, and now being able to be be a father figure and watch your sons go through. He it. scored against us last game too, didn't he? Didn't he have a goal he made a us? he made a really, a really nice, nice assist, a really right. nice pass to. Uh, to Lutke, of course, we we mm-hmm. have uh, we have uh, Griffin's younger brother Tanner here as an affiliate that'll be joining us when his midget se- or uh, high school season's over. So there was a Lincoln connection there on mm-hmm. that goal, made me even more angry to to boot. But tell us about what it's like, obviously, as a player and and now as a father. Oh my! Um, well, I started playing the game growing up in Western Canada. We were, it was funny because before the show. We were talking about where we grew up or some different locations. I grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan, Western Canada, where you either... It's not cold there at all, is it? Right now, anything that we all have together, we could bundle up and we'd be too cold. Put that on for size. It was minus 40 uh, like 10 days ago. Has it ever been minus 40 here? Not, Not in my experience. And if it Maybe is, back I'm leaving. In the ice age. If it is, I'm leaving. Maybe like. back in the ice age. So we played, we did a couple, there was two seasons, right? Summer and winter. And I guess you could throw farming in there. And any chance we got, the religion was to play hockey. We played knee hockey, roller hockey, ball hockey, hand hockey. And then, of course, in the winter, ice hockey. And we really did it for the love of the game. And when I say that, obviously, now you see hockey is a big business at the highest level it's a huge business it's a big business at this level right at, I mean, at all we see levels that. Yeah. even even from the time i came through junior right and so the, it was just the love of the hockey and the love of the game and you just wanted to play it because your buddies did and you wanted quite frankly i think i came from a generation of people that we just wanted to be our best at whatever we did um why because you took pride in that and it just so happened that we had a lot of support in the hockey world to keep doing it. Never did I think 
well, if I just take an extra shot or stay a little longer that I could actually make it to the NHL. I never looked that far down the road. I just knew what my grandpa said is there's always somebody better. Keep working. And that's what I did. And one day, you know, you kind of look around and you're like, I might have a chance at this thing. And so you just keep on doing what you know to do. And that's trying to outwork everybody that you look in the eyes, um, especially coming during a time when I would have been considered a little bit undersized, maybe at six feet tall. There was like monsters. Corey would remember guys coming through six foot five. It was more like WWE and they could hang on to you. The game's changed a lot. No, oh, the clutching and grabbing is gone. They've opened up the game. They've created a more fast, skilled game. The game is faster now than it's ever been. Um, but but I, I believe that there was an element to the game that um, us us guys appreciate in your era in, in regards to uh, the honesty of, of the hockey that was played at that point. It was, it was different and not better different, different. Yes. There's some things better today that we love and there's some things that we wish we could turn the clock back on, but... To be able to do that for many years, like what a great honor, really. Like I've thought about this many times, whether you play as a youth or whether you get to play at the highest level, the game owes us nothing. And the sooner that the kids playing now understand that, that really every day is a gift. Like for these kids to come in and play at this high level, it's a gift. Not everybody gets it's a privilege, not a right. They've earned it. And now what are they going to do tomorrow to earn another day, right? It's it's dog eat dog. It's uh, the best play in this league. So I, I played in a different junior league, but many of the same characteristics. And then you mentioned I have three boys. And I'm not going to lie to you. I love the game so much. It's a, it's a disease, probably a little bit more contagious than anything else. I can't get enough. Like I leave here. I want to go back to San Jose, get in the rink, and then I'll go watch the Sharks. And then I'll come back and I'll call you late at night because I'm three hours earlier and I'll talk hockey with you. And so for my kids just to love the game and want to do it is just a, it's a joy and a treat. I've been able to coach them all. I don't know if I'm any good at it, but I have the passion to be there. I've learned a lot on the other side, trying to see the game from a different angle. And then you guys mentioned I, my two oldest left the house this fall, which is the biggest change ever. And so now only my 14-year-old is under the roof. The other two are off playing junior hockey. And now I'm a dad. Like, I'll just try to be there for support, obviously, if they ask my opinion. But they have coaches. They have mentors like both of you guys are on the day-to-day. Like, Rocky, you see these guys every day. You know them in this period of their life better than their parents. And you're, you have such an impact on where they can go, not in hockey, that's great if they can continue to do that. But how about life? And then Corey, you as well, right? You spend so many hours around these people. And so when I look back, I know that there's special people watching over my boys in the hockey world that you hope. And I know in these cases, they're just great humans. They care about as much as their development off the ice as on the ice. That's what they need. Just like so I can come alongside, support them as a parent and, uh, Maybe for once, be the be the nice guy. And you've got a you've got a pretty unique uh, situation here. Obviously, you know you you take a a backseat dad role with your with your two older boys now because they're in uh, they're in different programs. And then you know Alberto buys the Lincoln Stars this year. You've got an existing relationship with him and Tyler, and and all of a sudden you're thrust into a, a role as a player development guy. 
in the same league that Garrett's playing for, having the opportunity to have that same type of impact on 23 other guys in the league. And, and so you might not be able to do it day in and day out with your kids uh, outside of being a father and what have you, but here you are now having the chance to do it with this new group. I think that's got to be pretty cool. It's it's one. I use the word privilege for the kids to play. It's a privilege for me to be here at this level to learn from you guys. And I step into any situation hoping to learn so that I can share. I think that's the greatest thing about life is you surround yourself with smarter people and then you'll get smarter or, or better people and you become more like them. And when it honestly, the juggling part was the hardest part. Deciding to come and be a part was easy. I made that decision. That was my first decision. Yes, I, I want to be a part of that. Not knowing what value that I could bring or how the players would see it or maybe how the coaches would see it. Um, me just giving my perspective. Maybe it's right sometimes, maybe it's wrong, but it's different. And the more that you get to know these young men, it takes me back to some of the people that made a huge difference in my life. Some of them on the ice and some of them off the ice. As Corey, you mentioned, these guys are living with billets. They're on their own maybe for the first time. They really look up to the support system they have, and that's our responsibility. So, Corey, you've, you've obviously been here for good years. You've been here for bad years. There's been a little bit of a downturn in the last few years. Uh, not a whole lot of playoff success. What what does the group we have this year uh, have in common with some of the teams in the past that you feel like were successful teams that that had a chance to to really make a run at a championship? I think a little bit of it. <clears throat> excuse me, you can see a little bit of swagger, and I don't mean that as cockiness or or walking into the rink like we're gonna win every day. But I think you can feel it on the bench. We could be down two with four minutes left, and there's no panic. Um, they don't. And I don't ever see these guys quit. They don't die. Uh, I think teams in the past, I, I know uh, one year, I think we lost six games all year and, and none in regulation at home. And Steve Johnson kept kept pumping the fact that you guys can't let him get up by two every game or three every game. There's one game that's going to bite you where you're not going to be able to come back. But we did every game. Uh, Preston Callender, Brandon Bochinski, they'd go out and have two apiece. And, and we'd come back and we'd win all those games. And, and – ironically the very last game of the year and we did a crossover year that year uh, Omaha was playing here uh, for the finals and we had the momentum we were we were all over them and and I mentioned this to you the other day on the road and, and glass broke and it was like a 20 25 minute delay and after that glass broke it just sw switched the other direction and they pumped us and um, we couldn't come back and and that was the one game I just I, I heard it screaming through my ears on the bench. There's going to be that one game where you're not going to be able to come back, and and they gave it their all. It just puck luck sometimes isn't isn't on your side, and they just couldn't come back. So I see that confidence, I see that swagger, and I, I see the 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 no panic in this group. Um, I also see them buying in. I think you know you guys are doing a wonderful job, and I've heard you know compliments every day, and that made a lot of sense. Uh, you know I'm glad we're doing it this way, or. You know, I think, you know, with with the assistance we have, they do a great job of breaking down and explaining stuff and going over video with these guys. So that can help build that confidence a little bit more. But I, I think that's one thing I see in this team that that's a little bit different is that um, they believe in themselves. And, you know, hopefully that continues going through. We got a full team back. We win two games and build off of that confidence. So 
I think that's that's the biggest thing. Your your story there reminds me of a few years back. We had a really really good club in in Amarillo, and and uh, they used to drive me nuts because they would just flip it on when they wanted to flip it on, and they would go pop three or four, and we would win. And I remember coming in the locker room and flipping the light switch on and off, on and off, on and off, and they're looking at me like I'm nuts. And I'm like, guys, you flip this thing on and off too much, the bulb's going to burn out for you at the wrong time. Like, this thing needs to go on, and it needs to stay on. And and if we keep it on all the time, it's going to burn bright, and it's going to be really, really impressive. If not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to burn out at the wrong time. And, um, you know, the analogy there was, like, let's just keep the pedal down. Let's play all the time, and let's do things right. And I think our group this year is learning that. And we saw that with... This past weekend, obviously, you know, nobody knows the weekend before we battled, uh, basically ravaged with the flu, our whole team, and, and uh, played a really good game in Sioux City, fell a little short, fell flat on, on Saturday and at home against Sioux Falls, and then we roll it back this weekend and we get two really big, important wins on the road. And so we're going into a big weekend uh, coming up. We've got Waterloo on Friday. We've got Des Moines on Saturday. We've got an unbelievable night on Friday. It's called Crossover Night. We've got a bunch of UNL Big Red student athletes coming in. Casey Rogers, junior defensive lineman from the football team. Uh, Kyle Perry, senior left-handed pitcher from the baseball team. Garrett Nelson, junior outside linebacker. Ty Robinson, senior defensive lineman. Griffin Everett, the catcher, senior catcher from the baseball team. Omar Manning, senior wide receiver. Kendall Hoffmeister, uh, redshirt junior bowler, a member of the national championship bowling team. Luke Reimer, uh, junior linebacker, and Crystal Elliott, another bowler from the uh, the national uh, the national championship bowling team, and then. The star of the night is Tom Osborne, who was the head coach of the uh, the Big Red Nebraska football team in uh, 94, 95, 97 when, uh, when they won national championships, a record of 60-3 and three in his final five seasons coaching, and actually a elected member of the U.S. House of Representatives in the early 2000s. So I personally am incredibly excited to meet all of these people, but especially Tom Osborne and and uh, it's going to be a great night after the game those uh, all those student athletes are going to take some time and sign some autographs they're going to be paired with some of our players around the concourse and so uh, our fans are going to get a chance to uh, to mingle with those athletes get to uh, get to spend some time with our guys Tom Osborne's going to be there for a private event um, with uh, with our season ticket holders so uh, we're really excited about that we're going to touch on that a little bit more after the break you are listening to Outside the Box. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Outside the Box. I am Rocky Russo. If you have a question, want to chat, give us a call on the Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. You can text us a question as well on the Sarder Harmon text line, 402-464-5685. We're going to give away a four-pack of tickets tonight. Yesterday was the BioSteel All-American game featuring current Lincoln star Gleb Vermaev. But... For the four-pack of tickets, text or call who was the MVP of the game and hint his hometown is Lincoln, Nebraska. 
Corey, what an interesting thought that that young man's hometown is Lincoln, Nebraska. And any of our hardcore Lincoln Stars fans should be able to put a little bit of thought into that and figure out who that young man is. We will let you know after our next break who that is and who our winner is. So before we get into who our next guests are, I want to just go back a little bit more and talk about that crossover night because we have got an unbelievable group of student-athletes coming in, obviously Tom Osborne coming in, and I started to say before the break how excited I am as a coach. I was 14, 12, 14, 15 years old when he was winning national championships here with the University of Nebraska, and uh, I just loved the way he coached his team. I remember Tommy Frazier playing quarterback. I remember the fire that he had on the sidelines, and, uh, and now he's a part of a group called Teammates, um, which is just giving back to the community and, and really helping develop. So was there was there a guy that you looked at when you were younger, Curtis, that just really impressed you, whether it was a player, whether it was a coach, that uh, just grabbed your attention, kind of like a Tom Osborne did? Yeah, it was I, – so I grew up in Saskatchewan, and I – like. Does sil- anybody know sil- where yeah, Saskatchewan me. is? I'm like <laughs> – Everybody knows where Saskatchewan is. And then I get into the break and I'm like, they don't know where Saskatchewan is. No. Like, it's north a long ways. And then a little further. And then go, once you think you're there, go further north. And it's actually pretty much north of Montana. So if you can find Montana. Are you sure you can get back right now? I mean, could you find your way back right now? No, the borders are closed. I haven't been back in a couple years, which is a whole nother challenge, right? Not just for hockey, it shuts leagues down. Like some of the leagues are shut down yet from the border, but I digress. Because I grew up in Saskatchewan, there was a team that is probably very responsible for my love of the game. So about three and a half hours away were the Edmonton Oilers. So the Edmonton Oilers came in the National Hockey League. They were uh, expansion, 1979. Well, they had a guy... You might have heard of Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah, and they had another guy. You might have heard of Mark Messier. Oh, yeah, and Paul Coffey and Grant Fuhrer and Andy Moog. And I, the list goes Glenn on Anderson. and on. It doesn't stop, right? So I'm I not to interrupt you, but I am currently reading Mark Messier's memoir, Nobody Wins Alone. Yep. And uh, I know the story, just like you obviously know the story, but it's so awesome to see it from through his eyes, right? And and he's so honest in the book. I'm only about 100 pages in, but he talks about uh, playing pro hockey at 17 uh, in Cincinnati and then, and then obviously ending up in Edmonton as a first-year player. He has 10 points. Wayne Gretzky has 90, you know, and, and just uh, Paul Coffey gets drafted. And so you were obviously majorly impacted by that group of players and and their experience as pro players. Can you remember wallpaper? Like nobody uses wallpaper anymore. My room was wallpapered with Wayne Gretzky. Like that was a thing back in the eighties, my bedroom, everything banners. And here's an interesting thing. Even though I ended up playing in the national hockey league, I, I counted. I think I only ever went to four games in my life. Three of them were in Edmonton. One of them was in Calgary. And if you like Edmonton, the hockey fans will know you hate Calgary. So the only reason you'd go to a Calgary game is to cheer against them. But we had free tickets. It was a youth event. I digress. The people that I looked up to were across that Edmonton Oilers organization. Glenn Sather, who 
like people think we have all these Hall of Famers, but think about from a coach's perspective, how do you manage that? Like, who do you like? It takes a special group and a special coach. And then after that, here's where the story gets exciting. So Glenn Sather leaves and his assistant takes over John Muckler. So for hockey fans, John Muckler comes into the picture. Well, I'll speed it up so I don't get emotional and talk just about my path. But my draft year, I got interviewed by a few teams. And I'll never forget going in to Buffalo's scouting room. And it's in a hotel. It's at the draft. And this guy walks up. It's John Muckler. Like, I don't think John Muckler is going to be there. I think it's going to be some scouts, some like third-rate assistants like myself, you know, the lower-level guys coming in. And I was, I can't believe I held it together. Here's the epitome of excellence in the game of hockey coming at you, the coaches and whatnot. So my inspiration, Rocky, was watching how they conducted that orchestra. So great. And if Gretzky didn't get traded, my question is, is I wonder how many championships they could have won. Well, they were still essentially intact at that point before the dominoes started falling when, when he got traded. But the interesting thing that, I am taking away from this book to this point is the failures that that team had for a couple of years, right? They, their first playoff year, um, they struggled their second season. They had a really great season and then they lose in the playoffs and then things start to take off. So there's a learning curve that doesn't just happen over the course of months. It happens over the course of years. And so I think that's, that's an excellent, uh, excellent book to read obviously an excellent story we've got a couple of guests here who are living right now the junior hockey experience please welcome to outside the box forward griffin jarecki and goaltender caden Embarco. welcome guys thank you thank you awesome to be here yeah appreciate it guys i uh i appreciate you coming in um i know it's past your bedtime there uh caden because you're a guy that uh, likes to get his rest and and is prepared, and I'm sure that Tony's probably running laps or whatever Tony does at home, Griff. So you had to you had to leave him, but we appreciate you guys coming in. Um, I usually pick the guys that come into the show every week, and or Cristiano comes and and uh, and kind of gives me his ideas, and then and then we make a decision. This week's decision was very easy for me, um, Griff. You had an unbelievable weekend. Um, you know, a, a, an incredible response after a tough weekend for our group the weekend before. You had two huge goals for us on Saturday. Caden, um, you were away from us before Christmas with the World Junior experience. You come back. Whitey has a shutout on, on Friday. You come in on Saturday. You shut the door for us again. So it was a really easy decision for us to have you both in. So um, congratulations on a great weekend. I want to start with Caden. Um, Caden, this is actually your third year of junior hockey, and and you played your first two years with the uh, national team development program, and uh, and then joined us here in Lincoln. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to be selected for that team and to go into junior hockey at such a young age. Um, well, first and foremost, it was a huge honor because uh, it wasn't like a one-time thing. I got to represent USA every day for two years. And um, couldn't have been more, more happy or more grateful for the opportunity and um, kind of just got to represent myself and my family and, and kind of everybody else, you know, that's, that's proud to be an American. Um, 
and and just in in terms of going in as a as a young player and a young goaltender it was um it was it was a really really long process but a great process and a, a great experience to go through at such a young age because you get to learn what it's really like to be a pro um and and we're really fortunate to have all the tools we were able to have and uh coaches resources and everything and uh, i think that that was probably the biggest thing and just how or learning how to balance uh your your time on the ice and off the ice because there you obviously needed the time to develop on the ice but the biggest thing for me was mentally learning how to get through those games uh where you lose seven to two or or um or you have shutouts so um and especially in the gym too is there's somewhere where I had to really learn how to um improve on and and, and maximize my uh I guess athleticism and, and just overall game um so like I said I was really fortunate to have that experience and um just want to keep improving from now on so so Corey Doc little side note here um the national team had never lost a game at the North American Hockey League Showcase until Caden's national team happened to run into Coach Russo's Amarillo Bulls. <laughs> and uh, the streak got snapped that night. What was the score? I think it was four or five to one. Wow. Um, but Caden wasn't playing that night. So well, there, that answers That's part of the question. Go. It might have been worse. Might have been better. I don't know. But uh, but the Bulls were on a rampage that night. We weren't losing that game. And uh, it was funny because Caden and I chatted about that at the beginning of the year. So um, thank you for that, Caden. Griffin, you are in uh, you are in your second year here in uh, in Lincoln. Obviously, last year a tough year with COVID. You guys didn't even get to go home for Christmas. You you kind of struggle through as most rookies do a, a tough year and uh and now you're back you play a bigger role you've really started to find the back of the net a little bit tell us what it's been like uh as far as your development or your developmental process goes and and how much more comfortable you are now as a second year player yeah um obviously the first year was was tough a lot of obstacles um but uh i had a lot of uh support around me uh which really helped me get through that year and develop as a person and player. Um, and then obviously this year you come in, you're confident, you know, you uh, you played with, with a lot of good players last year that moved on and played at the next level, and you competed with them every day, and you bring that confidence into this year and just build on it every day and try to be consistent, and eventually good things come. So you just try to work every day, and eventually things start to go your way. So, so Griff, you, you grew up playing – uh, was it the Oakland Junior Grizzlies? Uh, Caesars. I was Caesars. You were a Caesars boy. That was yeah. like um, those are swear words. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, good thing you guys are separated. I saw him. He was going to come over the desk. Outside of the rink, it's all fair game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. I'm ready. I worked out this morning at five thirty. <laughs> well, you're, you're exhausted. <laughs> I am so tired. I am so tired. I finally decided I got to get back on the horse. Right. Yeah. I am exhausted. He doesn't want any part of you, Greg. Nothing. Nothing. He'll be, he'll be the first and the last guy in the training room tomorrow too. I will. I'm going to be sore. Caden, you you are originally please correct me if i'm wrong you're originally from colorado and your family moved to uh to detroit to play for i don't know honey baked oh uh, bell tire bell tire yep. 
Uh, I just decided to pick one of those teams because I'm trying to pick a fight with these guys. <laughs> People that don't know hockey have no idea what it's Remember like. Remember fighting words. Victory Honda, Little Caesars, Bell, no. Tiger, Oakland. You can't, no, stop. <laughs> right now, people are they're punching their couch, listening. Does this guy not know? What, what He's was trying it to get like, under their skin. What was it like, Caden? Obviously, uh, your family makes the huge decision to move to to the Detroit area to uh, to kind of play and that'll feed into the question that we asked a little bit earlier about who the MVP of that that game was yesterday we'll talk about that after the next break but tell us a little bit about that experience moving away and and joining a new club and and uh, the commitment that your family chose to make to help you further your career um yeah I mean I I I can't be more grateful for the opportunity and, and all the sacrifices that they've done just um just to help me I guess get to where I'm at right now um and I mean the transition wasn't wasn't too bad because before I moved to uh, Michigan we moved out to Seattle for my brother actually to play hockey over there AAA so um by the time it was time for me to move over to Michigan it wasn't it was kind of a smooth transition and kind of knew what to expect in terms of um, living in a new area and going to a new school and meeting new people um and I, I mean I was pretty, I think I was around uh, 12 or 11. So, um, I mean, going to a new school, usually um, you you don't know what to expect in terms of the kids and uh, how you're just going to like the area. But uh, right away, I kind of just knew it was was a place for me. And um, I I couldn't have been, uh, I, I guess... Yeah, actually, I, I, it was it was a really good experience in terms of going out and um, playing hockey over in Michigan and um, having the new teammates. And actually, a couple of my teammates uh, from my Colorado team moved out to Michigan, too, and uh, they're doing pretty well from themselves now. And, and Dylan Duke and Sasha passed a job. And, yeah, those uh, guys are okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah they are, they're doing all right. But, um, yeah, so I, I kind of already knew Dylan and – growing up in Aspen and even though he's from Ohio but uh he played on our travel team for quite a bit and um just with the new team it was good to meet some of the Michiganders that joined the team and um then having some familiar faces so uh just I think that was a necessary change and a necessary move uh, just for for me to um, kind of just further out my game and play really good competition, playing at the best, the highest level, and playing like, like Little Caesars and all those guys and Griffin. Um, Speaking of Little Caesars, uh, I mean Little Caesars is is literally one of the premier programs for fifty years, and and it goes back to Mike Madonna playing youth hockey. So um, we're gonna get into it a little bit with Griff and what it's like to represent a program like the Little Caesars AAA program when we come back from our break. You are listening to Outside the Box. Back to Outside the Box with Rocky Russo and Cristiano Simonetta on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Outside the Box. I am Rocky Russo. I had to have a whole list of folks join me to help cover for Cristiano not being here tonight. We've got Corey Courtney. We've got Curtis Doc Brown. We've got Caden Emberico. We've got Griffin Jarecki. We have a winner for the four-pack of tickets 
The question was, Lincoln Bourne, who was the MVP of yesterday's BioSteel All-American game? The winner of the four-pack of tickets is Paul Pasco. The answer, Rutger McGrory. And Rucker was born here when his dad, Jim McGrory, was the general manager of the Lincoln Stars. And uh, ironically enough, Corey, you were a very valued member of that staff as well. Yes, that was a while ago. My daughter's actually a very good friend. I give Rucker a hard time. I think his sister was still a better athlete. She was, Molly was an unbelievable gymnast. But, uh, yeah, Rucker blossomed. He grew like three feet in a week, too, I think, last time I saw him. He, uh, he is a special hockey player. He's, He's really going to be uh, very highly drafted in, in this year's National Hockey League draft. Speaking of the draft, we've got a guy here sitting in the room that is listed in the midterm central scouting list, Mr. Caden Imberco. Um, so I wanted to chat very quickly with Griff on uh, what it was like representing such a prestigious organization like the Little Caesars AAA program. Obviously, names like Mike Madonna have gone through that program. So tell us what it was like to play there growing up. Yeah, uh, first off, don't let Berkey fool you. He uh, he put on the orange and blue a couple of years. He, he he went to Caesars after a while. Sounds like he's bell tire through and through, though. I, I don't I don't know what that answer came from. Unique coloring that team has. At, That's unique. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He got a better offer. <laughs> right? What did you... Pizza, uh, how old Pizza were you when tires. you went there? His yeah. parents wanted some you tires. Did, yeah, you didn't need tires. You needed somebody to get you around. You needed pizza. That's yeah. fuel. Yes, but his parents needed the tires, driving them all over the country. So, Well, he picked up. He got all the right stops. Yeah, but, uh, no, obviously, like, Caesars, it's a, it's a great organization. It gives you a lot of opportunity to play in, like, all the biggest tournaments, have the true youth experience, like, Obviously, you go to, like, the brick tournament when you're young. Before, like, well, I don't even know if my parents knew what they were getting into, and that was the first, like, they hello. They didn't. Like, hello. I'll uh, answer that hockey. for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, going back, I don't even know why they signed me up for that tournament. It just seems ridiculous at this point. But, like, obviously, like, you're you're young, you love it, and they, it's hard to say no, right? So um, you go through all those tournaments, all those cool experiences, and then, your parents become part of it. They become friends with all the other families. It's, it's really like a big thing. Like all my parents' best friends are hockey, hockey people. So it's like it's a small world. And I, I never, um, I never left Caesars. Obviously, I was just, I, um, my parents weren't big into the whole politics of hockey. I, I picked the team and I stayed there. Went up through the ups and downs. Won a lot, lost some. So. It was so, just a good experience. We've also got something cool going on in the room here. When I was growing up and, and into college, a massive, massive rivalry in college hockey was the University of Denver and Colorado College. Like, massive rivalry. And so, Caden, you are a commit to Colorado College. Griff, you are a commit to Denver University. And Garrett Brown... Doc's son is a commit to Denver University. So how cool is it that you guys grew up playing against each other in Detroit, playing junior hockey together in Lincoln, Nebraska, and you're going to go to school pretty close and probably play against each other a number of times in your college career? Yeah, I mean, like what Griff just said, it's it's a small world in the hockey world. And, uh, you know, I'd be really fortunate to have been playing with them and then playing against them and then seeing him grow as a player and as a person so I'm just excited to to see what he has in the future at Denver and 
and hopefully as long as they don't beat you guys yeah, yeah, right? yeah exactly i was exactly. gonna say don't let that soft-spokenness <laughs> that humble talk the loaded fool push. anyone the loaded no. it's like i want to i want him to have a great career and never score against me is what he was mean let me translate that right there's not many guys that are more competitive than than caden as soft-spoken as he is yeah he was he was in there to do with flinging his stick score. around last week he was so <laughs> mad when he lost art's little scoring game last week i hear i hear these things you don't think i know this i know so doc you had a couple questions in the break, you said you had a question for Gabe. I have some really important questions. Well, we've got about I've, three or four minutes, so uh -oh. you better fire away. Well, first of all, you went from Colorado to Seattle and then Detroit. Who's your favorite NHL team? Um, the Avalanche. It's, okay. I, I was stuck with the Avalanche since day one, um, and it's 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 it, I, it warms my heart to see them actually winning this year in, in the past couple of years and, and having a real chance to win a, a, a cup, so – yeah, that's hard though, right? Like Seattle just came, so it's easy, exactly. you know, yeah. not to be a fan of theirs yeah. unless you're from Seattle. For sure, with their record and their new, <laughs> yeah. it's not like they're lighting things up. Like, well, they Las didn't, Vegas. they didn't get the the yeah. the Vegas Golden Knight treatment, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. So I suspect Griff is a Detroit Red Wing fan. Yeah, turn the mic off. Turn his mic right off. There, that's all we need to hear. Um, I, we don't care about listening to Detroit fans and anything more about No, I'm Detroit. a Penguins fan. I don't care about right. the Red like Wings. We got the big mics on now. I don't want to uh, fail to ask you a question, and it's a coaching question. Okay. So you have Coach Osborne coming. Yes. Uh, you're going to get to meet him. What do you ask him that you can take into your coaching, uh, maybe in a once-in-a-lifetime type of situation, of somebody that you looked up to that you can apply now to your coaching? Wonderful question. My my biggest excitement that I have in regards to the conversation I have with him is I want to know, and it's a broad-based question, but I want to know, you know, what he did to establish trust and relationship with his players. Uh, what was the one thing, if he could give me one thing that he said helped him best build culture in his locker rooms, what was that? And, and my hopes are that he can give me just one little tidbit of information that helps me make our players better. Well, so, then, and you can share that with me. We will, like we will certainly that. talk about that. We are about to wrap up tonight. I want to thank our guests, Corey Courtney, Doc Brown, Caden Imberico, Griffin Jarecki. Ethan, I just found out you're going to be leaving us and you're going to go cover a big rival in Waterloo. Uh, I hope you never win a game against the Lincoln Stars, but I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. You have been listening to Outside the Box. I am Rocky Russo. Have a great night.